So how do we create more spaces that feel like that are uh, about shared ownership and about this belonging that we already have? What if we just lived into it? And what if for the people of God, especially, what if we are so secure in our own belonging in Christ um, that we get to show the radical welcome and belonging of all people to that family and that story in whatever way like speaks their language. Welcome to Where We Belong, a podcast where we dive into questions surrounding what it means to belong to a community of faith, how we do that well, and why it often feels so hard. I'm Lauren from Whitworth's Office of Church Engagement, and I'm excited to walk with you as we puzzle through big questions that a lot of us are asking about the church, about culture, and about our place in the body of Christ. So if you are a church leader, a church skeptic, an all-in church member, or fall somewhere in between, I invite you to join us in these conversations as we wrestle with the truth that, whether we like it or not, we are claimed by the community of faith, and it's where we belong. Okay, everyone, I am so excited for a conversation today. I'm excited for every conversation, but this one might be maybe something a bit different than what you're used to because of my friend who I'm talking to today, also another Lauren, Lauren Goldblum. Lauren is the pastor of Commonwealth. Commonwealth is a neighborhood church in the Cliff Cannon neighborhood of Spokane, and it's different than most of your kind of maybe more traditional institutional churches in that Commonwealth is a body of neighbors seeking a common hope, sharing a common life, and serving the common good in their place. Lauren is deeply involved in Parish Collective, which is a collective of Christians and churches seeking to live into the body of Christ in the places God has put us in our geographical locations and in our neighborhoods. Lauren has her master's in theology from Whitworth. She's also the director of the Young Adult Initiative through Parish Collective. And I know you will enjoy listening to Lauren and learning from Lauren today. So tune in. Hi, Lauren. Thanks for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. Double Lauren's in the house. <laughs> Lauren Power. Well, tell me your experience and your story with church. Um, that's so that's a big question. I <laughs> have um probably always been a part of the church. Um I was raised in a home that uh my dad was a worship pastor and still okay. is. So um, the church has always been part of the family for me, um, but it's looked different ways all throughout my story. So I uh, grew up in um, Southern Baptist denomination, then I was part of a, just a local community Nazarene church in college. Then we were part of an Assemblies of God church, and now um, we are planting just a ecumenical community of faith in our neighborhood Mm -hmm. called Commonwealth. So, um, but that theme of the family of God uh, is woven throughout the story for sure. Yes. It's always been a part of it somehow. Yeah. Yeah, So part of that shift was, I'm hearing you say, maybe being part of more mainline or like denominational churches that like met and gathered on a Sunday. And my sense is what you're doing now with Commonwealth, this um, neighborhood church you mentioned is a little bit different. So yeah. tell me about the shift 
that led you to what you're doing now and maybe how Commonwell looks different than other churches you attended growing up? Sure. Um, so we can trace like threads of, of kind of what we're about kind of throughout my story, but um, really it felt like God was weaving something back together with pulling some of the threads that were in it all along that mm. um, maybe got lost or maybe didn't, weren't part of the, the focus of, of church in the way that um, we hope it is now. Um, some of those threads would be themes around just um, loving your neighbor <laughs> yeah, and feeling like that is the central call to our faith. And it's something we can talk about in church space weekly, but um, do we know what application even looks like? Do we have a shared imagination for that? So um, one of the threads that would be just community and, and sharing life together, um, which we've experienced in different parts of our, our story, mm -hmm. but how do we do that holistically um, within a particular place and uh, with the people of God? gathered in our place um so we're learning we're learning how to be the church in uh the cliff cannon neighborhood of yeah. uh, spokane and um just daily on kind of experimenting <laughs> with what that means and the story yeah. yeah that's lovely so correct me if i'm wrong so my understanding of commonwell and how this might be different from maybe like I go to my Lutheran church that meets on Sundays yeah. is you all are very anchored in place. You mentioned the right. Cliff Cannon neighborhood. You live life together. You worship, do church, do life with your neighbors. So that means you don't have a church building. You right. meet in block parties. You meet outside in your lawn. You meet in your house. You do a lot of things together. Part of that looks like maybe a gathering on a Sunday or whenever, but it's a lot more holistic than here's the church building. You come here and go to our programs. Right. Am I right in understanding? Yeah, that? totally. And I think the church has always, the gathering of the church has always been um, to send out, right? That yeah. we receive the body and blood of Christ and that fuels us into this resurrection life. That's for the whole week. And um, so it, how do we reclaim what that was meant to be for, right? For the, the flourishing mm -hmm. of the whole neighborhood that, that we're in. So, so we just celebrated Pentecost, right? Where we uh, have the birthday of the church and we have this model of the people are, are gathered together mm -hmm. and those sacred gatherings are, are part of, um, you know, they're a core part of what they do, but it's also the breaking bread in their homes. And mm -hmm. it's also um, the sharing of all that they have and the ways that they are part of the flourishing of the neighborhood. So it, it mm -hmm. says in Acts 2 that they had the goodwill of all the people. So the neighborhood is taking notice of what's happening within the church. Um, so we we had to wrestle with um, this question uh, before and with church, which was if our church left the neighborhood, would mm -hmm. the neighborhood notice right and um we were a church that was kind of um in a church that was moving around from place to place and wanted to be embedded and hadn't really figured that out how to do that um within the fabric of a neighborhood and so we actually mm -hmm. would move around and i don't okay, think the yeah. neighborhoods that we left really 
Uh, we're affected by that. Um, but if we, what we're trying to do now is to embed our lives so deeply in the place that, um, if, if we were to leave it, it, you know, something would be missing. Right. Yeah. Um, so the gathering is, is definitely a part of what we do. Um, and it, but it is of neighbors who are sharing, um, the, the whole week together. Mm. Um, so it's the, the times of, of grief and of birthday parties and of, um, you know, grow in the garden together or mm. all the everyday stuff of life. What if we reclaim that, um, in as sacred acts of our, our life in the world and, mm-hmm. you know, learn how to be disciples together. Um, for real, for real, <laughs> for real, like actually live it out. Yes. For real. When my, you know, when stress is taken over and, you know, my kids are going crazy and my house is a mess and I've got huh. 10 things to do on my to-do list. Well, how do I still, uh, be part of the body of Christ and right. love my neighbor in the midst of that. And there's something so challenging about that versus if I just go to my church on a Sunday and then I see those people again next Sunday, yeah. I can be my put together self when right. I show we up. We can versus... all look great for an hour, right? <laughs> yes, yes. Versus you're coming into my house and into my place. and Yeah, and neighbors are showing up on my porch, you know, mm-hmm. when in the normal stuff of life. Um, so that's the difference of learning. Yeah. Everyday discipleship in the neighborhood. Yes. Yeah. And you, so, and you are the pastor of Commonwealth or mm-hmm. this is kind of your, you're gathering your people. What does your life look like during the week? I imagine it changes <laughs> quite a bit. Help us imagine. Yeah. Um, so part of what um, I get to do is around planning the gatherings and things like that. But a lot of my life is about just invitation. Um, so how do we invite people into getting that foretaste of the kingdom of heaven? Yeah. Right. How do we just invite into sharing life together? Um, and so we have a lot of experiments and, and they're not, it's not in a programmatic sense and it's not like these are, are the end goals, but they're a way to like taste taste the good life, right. Of, um, of what is to come. So, um, we plan things like, uh, block parties and we have a neighborhood camping trip coming up. Um, we host and just collaborate with women in the neighborhood who want to have just a a monthly ladies night. That's, Mm. um, it's not faith-based. It's just, women gathering together. Um, so it looks like a lot of invitations to, to all kinds of spaces. Um, and, and a lot of that gets shaped by, well, who is my neighbor? What, where can I meet my neighbor where they're at? Right. So, um, there's a lot of women who need spaces to just be themselves and share Mm. their stories. So let's invite into that space. Um, there's also a lot of kids, so how do we enter in with them and yeah. invite them to um, the good story that we're part of and play with them at the park and you know mm-hmm. teach them the scripture as well, um, whatever that might look like. So it'd be hard to like give a 
a one day glimpse into <laughs> my life because it just changes day to day. Um, but but what we're after is really faithful presence, which is mm. that we are um, just betting our lives on this hunch that the spirit of God already lives in Cliff Cannon yeah. and that we can trust spirits movement and work and, and join it, um, join that movement wherever it may be. Um, so we're trying to just embed our lives in the place. A lot of that is things like, well, um, instead of driving my kids up to a different neighborhood and taking them to a private Christian school, it was, well, how do we be part of the, the schools in our neighborhood right. and then invest in that. So yeah, um, part of that Jeremiah 29 um, mm-hmm. call is to tie up our flourishing with our neighbors flourishing, right? Yeah. So if if our schools are suffering, I'm aware because I'm part of those schools. I'm not removed from it. Yes. I'm part of it. So then I, it matters to me that um, I seek the peace and prosperity of our schools because I'm tied up in its, its welfare. Right. Mm. Um, that's just one aspect of our, of our local neighborhood. But also if I start living my whole life in my neighborhood and shopping at our local grocery store and going to our coffee shop and, um, trying to do most of life just where I can walk to it. Um, then I start to notice like what's missing here. Um, what have we not tapped into yet? What are the places of peace already that um, where we can mm-hmm. celebrate? Like, um, isn't this beautiful that we have this space created for for flourishing here? And also, um, where are my neighbors supposed to go for you know to eat together or whatever? Yeah. And so then we can start to notice just in our economy, what's what does that look like? How does it reflect? Um, God's kingdom on earth. Um, so one of the most awesome things that's uh, just on the edge of our neighborhood <laughs> would be um, Feast World Kitchen, and yeah. um, I just I just get to participate by eating their food. So I'm not claiming <laughs> anything, yes. but a lot of that came out of neighbors paying attention and saying, "Hey, there's an empty building here." And we have all these neighbors with so much um, gifts and strengths and culture to share with their neighborhood. Um, so what if we like brought them to this place to share who they are uh, with the neighborhood? And so mm. we are literally uh, tasting the benefits of <laughs> of that work. Right. And you are. It's, it's pretty beautiful. So. Oh, absolutely. For those of you who are not local to Spokane, Feast World Kitchen is kind of like a rotating schedule of um, refugees who have come to the area who are cooking from their home. And it's it's beautiful. And that's so yeah. exciting that that is sort of a an illustration of your community deciding to bring their common gifts together for right. the common good. I mean, that, yeah. that word keeps coming up. Yeah. I imagine that for ministry leaders or maybe other pastors hearing a little bit about what you do, I could imagine them feeling very inspired by what you're describing, this very holistic, right? Like we live here, we care about our schools, we're living the kingdom of God together, we're 
caring about the flourishing of our neighborhood during the week. But I imagine it also would sound kind of intangible. Like what, what does it look like to be uh, for, for a church that's very centered around that proclamation part, mm-hmm. the like, here we are to preach the sermon and do these things together. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious what, what those maybe worship gatherings look like in your neighborhood or what worship looks like in your neighborhood. It sounds like there are spaces that are not set aside that are specifically face spaces, but I imagine there are some that are too. What does yes. that look yeah. like? Yeah. So it's really important for us to um, look at the Acts church and the early church and see like what's been essential all along. And um, can we, can we make sure that, that we hold on to that? Um, and then also to recognize that a lot of our neighbors have been hurt along the way by the things we've added to the church that yeah. were not essential yep. to who we are. Um, and, you know, that being like a lot of these, you know, cultural um, impositions of <laughs> just white Western ideology, right. That, oh, yeah. that has been um, and nationalism that's, you know, been married to the church somewhere along the way in our, many of our experiences or patriarchy or whatever it may be. Um, So we, for the first year of kind of seeking to begin to be the church in the neighborhood, we just went through the book of Acts together Mm. and just really asked the question over and over. What does it mean to be the church? What do we see God calling the church to and birthing in them? And if, if we can find those essential things, then I think, I think we'll be okay. I think yes. we can call this a church yeah. expression, right? Um, so communion is at the heart of that, mm. right? Jesus's instruction is so clear. He's getting ready for the worst day ever. And he's like, here, let me break bread mm-hmm. and wine with you, right? Like, so that's at the heart of all of our gatherings. Mm. And okay. that's that's the climactic point of the gathering. Um Somewhere along the line, we put the preacher at the top of the, everything's like leading towards yes, this the sermon, pinnacle. sermon uh-huh. and this climactic moment in the sermon, which really elevates the speaker rather than um, yes. you know, the body and blood of Christ. So um, if we can receive communion together, whether or not Lauren or anyone else has anything amazing mm. to say, like we're good. We, we've been in the presence of God. Oh, yeah. Um, so of course prayer is part of that, but we, we try to, um, learn different ways of prayer. Um, they're, you know, kind of what many of us are used to in prayer. And then also just trying to practice, um, some liturgical prayer or, um, some artistic prayers or, you know, prayers and songs as well. But, um, prayer is part of it. Of course, scripture is part of it. Um, but again, when we dive into scripture, um, it's, it's less about, uh, what I think that God wants to say Mm. (laughs) and, um, allowing the spirit to speak within the whole community. And so Mm. being able to dialogue together, um, in the text and wrestle in the text. Um, and then we have this shared application context right like not it's not a huge leap to think all right we've read this 
this story and you know about the good samaritan let's Mm -hmm. say and now i have no idea where i'm going to practice that like i know exactly where we're going to live it out i mean i not might not totally be aware of who god's going to bring into my view that week but i know that i am learning to love my cliff cannon neighbors yes and god is always like showing me um new people that that includes right um Yes. That parable gets is all there because of that question. Who is my neighbor and Uh who do I get to like not count as my neighbor? And the good, the transformative uh, piece of, of this for us, for me specifically is, is that I get to keep relearning who my neighbor is and Mm -hmm. keep discovering the image of God in in someone new. Um, all the time. <laughs> yes. What an invitation too. Yeah. Wow. And yeah, yeah. You all share a common imagination of, of what does it look like to live this out? It's not yeah. abstract. You all are, I imagine thinking about some of the same, the, the same place or the same avenues in which you'll feel God inviting you to, which yeah. seems like there's so much opportunity there. You're, you're speaking about the same context. Right. And what's so beautiful is, is, is even within that same context, how much diversity is there? Like how uh, many beautiful different lenses people have. Um, and just the difference between my, like let's say my house and and the neighbors just right around me and my neighbor up the street, right? Where we have overlapping, a whole lot of overlapping things, but the people that we're running into every day are still different folks. So um, that unique lens. And then like our kids, our kids are at school every day with hundreds of their neighbors and they see things, right. And they're invested in um, learning to see the kingdom of God in their schools. And um, so we're always, I think learning from other others, how to, how to how to see <laughs> yes. have better, bigger eyes to see what God's doing around us. Hmm. Well, I'm kind of glad we, you mentioned the diversity amongst your neighbors too, because what strikes me as a really exciting part of this neighborhood church model is that you, you are limited by your place, which mm-hmm. means the people you live life with, the people you worship with, the people you learn from and mm-hmm. share life with are different from you, which yeah. obviously happens when you attend any sort of gathering of people, even right. if you're, you know, going to a maybe more traditional church on Sunday, but churches, I mean, as you, I'm preaching to the choir here, like tend to silo themselves sure. in terms of, oh, the people here look like me and think like me. We've talked about that a lot in the podcast before, just about how we're, you know, we're maybe drawn to places that might be more of those echo echo chambers of I can choose whether my theology and my experience is represented here. And if I don't like it in our more kind of consumer American church landscape, I can just go to another one. And in some ways that probably feels like a luxury to you of like, oh, I can just choose to go to a place with people who think like me and have a right. similar education level right. and economic level. Right. Um, but you don't have that luxury of being a niche 
church. Yeah. You, you you are with the people you're around, yeah. right? I mean, yeah. what are the, I imagine that comes with so much joy, but also quite a bit of challenge as yeah, well. Yeah, it's, I mean, that's how I get discipled, right? Out of my own um, cultural lenses and, um, you know, out of my whiteness and out of my my privilege, right? Like that I can learn to, to see the gospel, you know, slowly mm-hmm. <laughs> without um, all of that on top of it. Um, it, I think this is, is definitely the challenge because I am human and, and we all, um, Christina Cleveland has a great book on this, um, this unity in Christ, right. On just how we, we love to be around people like us. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and yet, um, it is often the neighbor who maybe is the most different than me that, um, just speaks a word of God to me in a way that I like totally didn't expect, right. That they can surprise me, um, in ways that just really profound and beautiful. Um, yeah, I'm really grateful for that. And a lot of that is, is our, our children. We've kind of flipped Mm. the script a little bit on, um, rather than, once again siloing within a community to okay now we're gonna separate into uh, by uh, age you go over here yep um you know the majority of our spaces are inclusive of all ages and so mm. how do we learn from you know the five-year-old among us and the two-year-old among that. us and the yes. 16 year old among us right um how do we learn from those with uh, all different education levels, all different cultural uh, backgrounds, and all different um, denominational lenses as yeah. well, like yeah. worship styles. So it's messy. We're, we haven't figured it <laughs> out. Um, but that's the hope. And, um, and we have seen God move in beautiful yeah, ways. Yeah. Hmm. Well, it just seems like a lot of the conversations we're having, we're trying to think about what does it mean to belong? You know, we, we belong to the capital C church. We are a part of it. We belong to God's family. That's just reality. But then how do we sort of live into that and physically manifest that in different ways? And it seems to me too, that the way that you all are doing church and living life together in Cliff Cannon I mean, it's not really a question of like, do you belong here? Right. Like you live here. <laughs> right. There's some, you can get around some of the prerequisites for belonging, which we right. maybe say there aren't any, but we sneak right. in through the back door. You, you've got to look this way or speak this way or believe these things or whatever. Right. What does cultivating a sense of belonging look like for you as a pastor in your yeah. neighborhood? It's so much fun because it's like the leap is just not very big. Like if, if all that it takes to belong is that, you know, you're a neighbor yeah. and sometimes it's like you're connected to a neighbor every once in a while, mm. like, or you work in the neighborhood or you, you some in some way care about this neighborhood. If that's all it takes, then it's just not very hard yeah. to get to that place where like, Oh yeah, I belong here. 
Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we don't we don't have a building, and and there's much to celebrate in that we we love the buildings that are in our community and can utilize those, can utilize our homes. But um, the first year that we did a block party, it was really clear to us like the difference in having a party just like a few feet over on my front yard or something, as opposed to in the middle of the street. Ah, right. So the people all on the street, (laughs) it is their land. They are paying taxes for those streets. So to invite them to a block party, they can enter into that space feeling Mm. like, oh, yeah, this is my neighborhood. This is my block party, right? It's Mm. just not a big leap. Um, whereas when we invite into our backyard, like there's a, that's a next level because it's into yes. our space. So how do we create more, more spaces that feel like, um, that are, uh, about shared ownership and about, um, yeah, this belonging that we already have. What if we just lived into yeah. it? Oh, right. That's great. And what if, uh, for, for the people of God, especially what if we, start are so secure in our own belonging in Christ um, that we get to show the radical welcome and Mm. uh, belonging of all people to that family and that story um, in whatever way like speaks their language. Mm. Um, It's a lot of fun. (laughs) It's a lot of fun. Oh, that's so lovely. I wonder what, if you would have advice for, I'm thinking of ministry leaders who maybe exist in some sort of operating structure already. Maybe they have a building or um, they serve people who don't necessarily live in their neighborhood who come to that place. Um, What are aspects I just wonder if there are aspects of the ways that you do church and kind of this neighborhood church model that you might encourage people ministering in these other settings to think about. Yeah, I think just starting with what's the story of our place? Do we know it? Mm, Yeah. Um, Do we pay attention to what's right around um, this land and what's what's the story of the land? Um, It might begin with a posture of, uh, lament and you know recognizing um, that we are on stolen land if, if if you're somehow one who's not I don't, I don't know but <laughs> we are yeah, um, our it. neighborhood is on stolen land of uh, the Coeur d'Alene and um, Spokane peoples and um, that's part of their, our story to recognize and to mm-hmm. lament and to say okay so how can we be people of restoration and reparations? And we're only just like beginning that discovery and process. Mm-hmm. Um, but as leaders, do you know the story of your place? Do you know the people of peace around you who are working for the flourishing of your of your neighborhood? Um, maybe your church is there and uh, your your congregants are all spread out, but there are probably people of peace right around that mm-hmm. that building who are working for restoration in your place. So how do you notice them and support them, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the the teachers, the crossing guards, the nurses, the um, the nonprofits, whatever it may be, where where is that already happening? How, 
how do we join you and support you and recognize that um, your your place in this royal priesthood is is beautiful um, and it is part of what it means to be the church Um, and we can celebrate that too so I think you can you can go deep dive into into being about place but also it can just just start with paying attention and looking for eyes Mm. to see what's what's right around you already Mm. Um, where's the kingdom of god in in any little form Mm. that seems like it's so key to discipleship anyway right i mean if you are somebody in ministry doing that you should be like the people in your church should be able to do that wherever they live you know and you living into that as a church is a way to help encourage that yeah transformation in others too and part of it is um, are you willing to free up your community to be about the things in their neighborhood? Are you bringing them in out of their neighborhoods three times a week for this Bible study and that small group and, you know, this service opportunity rather than, you know, like encouraging them to flourish and, and love their neighbors right where they are. Yeah. Right. The classic yeah. example of this is always like, and n- no dogging on, those who love their Halloween parties, but like the church Halloween party where we get all the Christians to leave their homes, come to the church when your neighbors are literally coming right to (laughs) your house, like over and over and want to meet you and talk to you and receive candy from you. Right. So um, how do we free up our people to be Mm. right where their neighbors are? Um, Maybe sometimes that means letting go of some of the programs and allowing the community to speak to um, the ways that they feel called by God to love their neighbors right where they are. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I'm throwing that out there as, no, a, I think <laughs> as that's a question such for discernment. I think that's such good advice. When I wonder, I'm just going to mine you for advice now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking too about, I imagine that, people in your neighborhood that are drawn, especially to the more kind of worship expressions and gatherings that y'all do. Um, That somebody who's maybe been disillusioned by the church or had a bad experience in the church might feel more drawn to that. And I know, I mean, I'm just thinking so many, especially young people I know who would hear you talk about your church and say, yeah, I'd love to be a part of that. Like that doesn't sound like what I've experienced before. Mm -hmm. I wonder what, if you would have any advice or encouragement for people like that who say, well, I don't see anything like that happening around me. How do I care about my neighborhood in the same way? Or how do I think about church in in similar ways to the ways that you are? I think if you can find one other person or one other household that you would say, um, can we like walk our neighborhood together mm-hmm. or can we go to our coffee shop, shop together and start noticing things in our neighborhood? Um, when we moved into the neighborhood and, and really began to think about loving the place, um, we knew pretty much like one other family. And so, but though we think of it like a web, like if I start weaving mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the fabric of care between my home and their home, then who gets like caught up in that web along the way, right? Mm-hmm. And then we just keep like, like weaving it and um, connecting. So I, I love this story that um, 
we were hosting a block party and my friend up the hill was walking down to our block party and literally meets a neighbor on the way who she invites to the block party mm-hmm. who has now become one of our dear friends right and mm-hmm. is part of our community and um our you know family life in the neighborhood and so it's just this picture of if we're if we're weaving even just across to one other person and we start noticing then you'll you'll start to to find people all all over so our my friend uh tim sorens his book is everywhere you look and it's just this idea that there's probably a mega church already right where you are if you had the eyes to to see and notice like oh oh god's god's doing something in this neighbor over here and um and it's it's such a joy to uh just long for and ask for those eyes to to find Mm. those neighbors um i've i mean met a bunch of new ones just this week and or discovered you know just this week like oh uh, their their why for why they are serving is to join god's stream in the neighborhood Mm. also you know so um Pray for all those people out there who are yes. <laughs> who are saying, I feel so alone in this, or I don't even know how to start. Yes. Just start with a really small, a really tangible. Start with one person. The walk yeah. with one person. Uh, thank you. I love that. Uh, last question for you, which yeah. is one we ask all of our guests. When has the church felt like it was where you really belonged? Can you think of a, a time or a story? Yeah. Uh, the one that just kind of hit me. Um, so we are on this journey with our, our family. I I haven't really mentioned my kids, but we, we have six kids and they're awesome. And, um, they're most days they're better at loving their neighbors than, than we are. Right. Um, and you know, there, there are times where we do this gathering and, and it's easy to get this, like, well, is this, is this enough? Is this like, you know, I, I don't have all these, this building and all the liturgy and I don't, mm. I don't even always have like the people, right. I don't have, um, all the other leaders, um, with the titles or yeah. the, you know, people who are all paid the to do the stuff. And paid people, right. Yeah. It's, we're just ordinary folks, um, learning to do this. And, there was one night where we just had, we'd received communion um, with our family. And then for some reason, I don't remember what had happened, but for some reason I hadn't received communion and everyone had gone home, but my daughter pulled me in. She was, she must've been five. And she said, mommy, can I, can I give you the body and blood of Christ? And I, and she, you know, when we, when we share the Eucharist, we say the body of Christ broken for you and the blood of Christ shed for us. And she just said those words to me and gave me the bread and the juice. And I, you know, was just like, Oh, this is like, it didn't take anything else. Right. Yeah. My five-year-old daughter, is the church and she um is ministering to me and we are learning how to love our neighbors together and we're on mission together and we're worshiping together so 
yeah, it's enough. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. that's lovely. Yeah. I love that. We're tearing up over here. It's so sweet. <laughs> uh, well, thank you, Lauren. I mean, I this is kind of maybe more of a personal note, but I mean, by virtue of this job and these conversations, I spend a lot of time thinking about the church and that can be really discouraging at times and really yeah. hopeful. I mean, we, we see all the things, but I think watching you and learning more about the neighborhood church and thinking, asking these questions about how we live holistically being curious about what God is doing, like right outside our door. I, I feel like I have had the most hope for the church mm. watching what you do and learning about learning from the people around you mm. about how you all think about this work. So mm. thank, thank you, you for, for what you do, the ways that you inspire and challenge us in it. Thank you for wanting to share that today. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Lauren. I know that I did. I always am so inspired talking with her. If you are inspired by this way of doing church, this more sort of holistic neighborhood approach to church, a great place to start is a book called The New Parish. We're going to link it in the show notes for you. It's by Paul Sparks, Tim Sorens, and Dwight Friesen. And it's very key to the parish collective. A lot of this, um, these groups of churches doing things similar to Lauren. I highly recommend this book. And this is where our invitation is going to come from today. This is a very practical book. Every chapter includes conversation topics to talk about with people in your neighborhood and different postures and practices when you think about being the church in your area. I'm going to invite us to consider some of the practices that they advise us to consider in the new parish. One of which is, is if you feel drawn to be more rooted in your place, maybe Make a map of your area. Trace the outline of where you would say your neighborhood is. Um, usually I've heard Lauren describe this as a place that's small enough that you can feel like a known entity, but large enough in which you've got webs of relationships and you can live out your life together. Maybe see if on this map you are able to name your neighbors. This is an exercise I've done before and quite honestly was a pretty convicting one. Mark the places where people live, work, play, or gather and just prayerfully ask yourself, what are you noticing? You may also, as a way to supplement this, and this is a practice that Lauren suggested as well, take a prayerful walk in your neighborhood Instead of maybe sitting in a, that same chair in your house where you pray, walk and invite God to help you see your place with God's eyes. What signs of life, redemption, creativity, unity, and love do you notice? You might also want to think about how your particular story connects with the story of your place. How has your place shaped who you are? your identity, your faith, your life. I offer to you in closing this prayer for the new parish from this chapter. Triune creator, give us eyes to see the abundant possibility all around us. Foster within us a hunger to grow together as a loving and caring expression of Christ's body in the parish, in our neighborhood. Amen. 
Thanks so much for listening. We are a new podcast. So subscribe, leave a review, please share. If you want to add your voice to the conversation, feel free to find us where we always are, which is online at whitworth.edu slash OCE or on Instagram at OCE Whitworth. We cannot wait to talking again next week as we continue to dive into where it is that we truly belong. Thanks for listening. See you soon.